All right. Well, welcome to Podcast Tips. Um, I'm Rob Greenlee, and this is we're back live again on Thursday in episode 16. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're tuning into this, I know the the audience is just coming in right right now. So so I just really appreciate you being here, and I have a terrific guest with me uh, here that's going to share some of his many years of insights and. Uh, podcasting, but I did want to share one little piece of information before I pull Ray in here is that I'm in the process of rolling out a full audio and video podcast version of this show. So it'll be available in video form in like Apple podcasts, as well as audio and all of the, uh, the podcast listening apps. So I'm truly doing a convergence strategy, which I promised for a long time, but I've, I've been going through an up uploading all the episodes to the RSS feeds. So I think we're just about ready to kick it off. So, so, but tonight let's, let's jump in here and I'm thrilled to have a uh, pro podcast producer, Ray Ortega with me. I've known Ray for many, many years. Uh, he is on, on Twitter X under the at podcast helper. So it couldn't be a better fit for this show because we are podcast tips. So Ray is uh, has been doing this for many years, and he's he does a lot with YouTube as well. Uh, so you can just imagine that the the synergy here couldn't be any better. So, Ray, thanks for for joining me on the show. It's, it's uh, great to have you here. It's been a while since we've talked, so this is kind of a reintroduction to us too. It's been a couple of years. I've been a guest on your Podcasters Roundtable podcast for many years, but you're not really doing that show much anymore, right? Yeah, thanks, Rob. I think the last time we probably talked, you were probably on my show. So, uh, but right. it has been a while. That show, um, it's we'll say it's on hiatus. So, as podcasters, we never say it's over. We always say, you know, we'll get back to it. So, hopefully, the roundtables will start up again at some point. But yeah, a little bit of a hiatus there. I think there's probably almost like 200 episodes of of stuff to go through rounds, oh, yeah. as we call them. But uh, right, yeah, I a little more a little more focus on. Um, YouTube these days, which is, you know, you'll find out that if you start podcast and, and YouTube and all these things, and we'll talk about it, that at some point, something often gives, right? So you, yeah. you have to find that balance. So maybe we'll talk about that. But what you yeah. mentioned about what you're doing about your videos and your RSS feed is very interesting. So I want to dig into that too. Yeah, no, no, it's, it was the premise of going into this with, with StreamYard that we were going to do this kind of audio and video podcasting. I was just a little slow to get the RSS feeds all configured and all the episodes uploaded I got behind. So, you know, even, even, even little me can um, kind of, kind of be slow on the uptick on this because it does take a lot of extra um, time and effort to get initially set up. And, and maybe we can talk a little bit about that too. But then when you add the the layer of video files, that creates a, you know, a whole nother, um, bucket of worms to deal with as far as file sizes and processing time and having tools to actually edit the videos if you choose to do that. So there's lots of things that kind of, kind of go into this process. And, and I hope to kind of dig into that with, uh, with, with, you know, with Ray, cause he's kind of living in that world. But, but before we jump too much into this, I did want to share a little bit more about Ray and what his, his sites are online, like he's got a YouTube channel as well. And I wanted to share that really quick here too. And he's got a lot of how-to videos about uh, podcasting equipment and microphones and um, 
and cameras and things like that, which can be very, very helpful if you're in the market for for trying to add elements to your podcast. So, Ray, tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel and what your your goals are there. Yeah, I mean, YouTube for me, maybe 2009 I started a channel and it was only based on the fact that someone in the comments, uh, probably social, had asked me, I had posted a picture of an interview setup that I had filmed. Mm -hmm. And they asked me, hey, something about the audio, right? So I think my first real video, one of the first few, and that did really well, uh, it was literally me saying to the camera, hey, hey, Mike, here's here's how you do this. So I was putting <laughs> a video on there to answer a question. Turned out a lot of people had that same question. So people want right. to know more about the gear. So I, you know, I started posting videos, um, kind of the same along the same lines. And for me, you know, I've had podcasts about podcasting and that's what the round table is about. And the YouTube channel is an extension of that. It's if I learn something, whether it's through work or tips, whatever, I feel like you should share it or it's kind of lost. It's kind of wasted on one person, right? So I love to share tips and the best comments I get on the channel, uh, come from people who are just like, you know, thank goodness. I'm so glad I found this. It was really helpful. And that's 100% what I'm doing it for. I will say now over the years, you know, I got, I don't know, it's something like, what does it say there? 76,000 subs, right? Really cool. Um, hey, hit the subscribe button. I'm a YouTuber. I have to say that. I'm trying to get that 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 play <laughs> button. But that's only like a, you know, that's like a, just a target you set for fun. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that, you know, it did read, the channel has done really well over those 11, 12, 14 years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then, so I, you know, at some point you can monetize your channel when you reach enough watch time and all of those little things that you need to do. Yeah. And so some of it makes some money. I call it, you know, it's kind of like golf and beer money. It's for fun. Um, I'm not trying to make a living with it. I am fortunate that I make my living full time in podcast production. And so I don't have to grind a YouTube channel. But, you know, once it got to about 50,000, if I wanted to go to a situation where it was making money, like real, what you would consider like livable mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. I can, I started to be able to see that's where that started to happen, right? More brands reach out. You have affiliates. There's different things you can do in terms of what you've been teaching. You know, you can take people from your channel, give them courses, all that stuff. So the only goal for my YouTube channel is just to keep sharing what I learn. And that's real fun for it. You know, if I, if I would like to get one of those play buttons, you know, back there just as a trophy, but <laughs> just to share is really the main goal of the channel. Yeah. And I wanted to share too, that, uh, at the end of the show, we're going to do a StreamYard giveaway for some merch, uh, a puddles duck, which you can see on the screen here, oh, as well that. as a hoodie sweatshirt, uh, from, from StreamYard and, uh, StreamYard ha- has this giveaway tool that, uh, if, if you haven't seen it, in full effect, uh, you can use it in your show too. It's just at streamyard.com forward slash giveaway. And, uh, you can do that with your own Streamyard program as well. So if you have something that you want to give away during your show and use as a, as an enticement for your audience to stick around on a live show, um, that's also a good, good use for it as well. And a lot of the Streamyard shows utilize this tool for that alone, uh, like puddles, the duck here, is uh is a popular uh giveaway item as well as their their t-shirts and their sweatshirts and all this stuff which is a fun thing for i did not know the duck had a name so i i use Streamyard. in fact i have a rich history with 
the Roundtable and StreamYard, Google Hangouts, the whole thing. So yeah. I'd love to talk a little bit about that. But I didn't realize that the duck had a name. I do make fun of the duck. It's kind of like, it's kind of a fun thing when we do our live stream because I use the free version. I use yeah. the premium version at work and I use the free version for my hobby stuff. And yeah. and it's always like, who gets the duck, right? So someone will have yeah. a duck. And I do joke that he's wearing or she, they are wearing Skype headphones so, yes. but I would love a puddle. Now that you can get them, I think I'm going to have to go buy a puddles for sure. <laughs> they're, they're StreamYard headphones, not Skype headphones. But I, I they know do what they look are, like, but... it, don't they? Right. <laughs> yes. It's the color and the, I'm just saying. But, you know, it's funny, Rob, that I don't think a lot of people might even realize that Skype was such a tool that we use, you know, the tools we have these days, right. like StreamYard. Uh, uh, right Skype? there, you can see it on the screen right there. That's right. That's, That's what he's puddles. talking about. Right? Uh, I mean, Skype really dropped the ball, to be honest with you. And now oh, yeah, you've got better services like StreamYard, which I, like I said, I use it every day. So I could yeah. be a shill for StreamYard for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a fun platform. I mean, there, there's so much creativity you can bring to it and... And then that, that's why it was just a perfect match for me wanting to do live again. And I know that you, you love that as well, I'm sure. And, but why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the, if you can talk about it, some of the projects that you've been working on over the last few years around podcasts and this kind of convergence or, or have you been doing a lot with video dedicated to YouTube or has there been crossover with podcasting with your video work? Yeah, I mean, I think I've put my toe into all all the different things, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really, I started as a video podcaster. Uh, so mm-hmm. when we talk about podcasts, video is where I started. And um, that was really for me to learn, to learn how to do podcasting, because that's back in like 2006, right? Everything's new back then. And so I actually shifted to audio later on. And then at work, I work uh, on a network of shows where we produce both video as well as podcast as well as videos that are podcasts so i would love to even talk about um sort of the elephant in the room we say the word video podcasting which is what it sounds like you're gonna upgrade your show too but video podcasting is a thing uh doesn't it exist but it doesn't really exist and so i think there's this stark difference now we're being nerdy and we're talking about the technicalities of it all, but I think it does matter. So you have video podcasting, right? You have videos, and you have podcasts that are on video, which is what YouTube is. And and I know YouTube has started started to embrace podcasting. They're doing a little with RSS. It's still not a podcast. No, it's not right. right? So, but technically, it's not. That. But but increasingly, as I'm sure you've seen, the the research is showing that audiences don't really care anymore. Right? They're, they're like, if it looks like a podcast, sounds like a podcast, uh, it must be a podcast. Right. It doesn't so, matter what form it, it it's being delivered in. It's from a distribution standpoint. Yeah, and for me, it doesn't matter to the audience. Right? That's we've seen. We've always talked about that. Podcast is a is a it's a word that that has some technical stuff behind it, but it, it only matters, yeah. you know, we, we often use the word show instead of mm-hmm. podcast because it really is that. But there is a difference when you are a producer and understanding the difference, I think, is important because if you're a podcast that's mm-hmm. on YouTube, it does not work the same, right? So right. like if your podcast is not, if it's not really a podcast, which is which basically means it has an RSS feed, your relationship yeah. with your subscribers is even different, right? So on yeah. YouTube, which is, I think there was a, a recent study that said 
when most people think about podcasts or where they go and get podcasts, they answered YouTube. But right. you're not actually getting a podcast. So when you're on YouTube, and I talk about this all the time with my own YouTube channel versus my mm -hmm. podcast. So the Roundtable have something has something like 2,000, 3,000 podcast, audio podcast subscribers. It also exists on YouTube as video. You can count on about the number of your subscribers. You can kind of count on that for your listens weekly, right? So whether you're telling mm -hmm. an advertiser or whether you're just telling a guest how many people you get listening. Whereas on YouTube, you kind of don't know, right? You right. put out a video. It does not mean that the person watching is going to get the next episode. And I know YouTube's working that a little bit. It's right. still algorithm-based, algorithm which a podcast is not, right? So right. there is a relationship with the audience that I think a producer needs to understand. Audience, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, I mean, they can they can think what it is, and there's, there's a decent chance that it's going to be available um, off of an RSS feed. It may not be available off of a video RSS feed. That's it. It more likely, if it's available as a podcast, it's going to be available as an audio uh, podcast um, Rob, version. Let's talk, let's talk, yeah. I went into podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts today. Good yeah. luck finding video podcasts. They exist, and I, you know, the funny part about that is the history. Podcasts come before YouTube, right? right? And so I remember right. back in the day, we can go real OG old school, but things like. Tiki Bar TV, Dig Nation, these were all video podcasts. And even my show was a video podcast. You found those right. on a and, podcast platform, right? So right. Apple Podcast. Yeah, and even you, a, a Revision 3. Um, we had three, Jim, the whole network. Yeah. Jim Latterbach was on this program uh, about a month and a half ago, and he was the CEO of uh, Revision 3. And there was an era when there were whole media companies formed with venture capital and everything that were just doing video podcasts to RSS feeds. Yes. So, Absolutely. And yeah. and so video podcasts, as far as video goes, video podcasts had a lead on YouTube. So they had a head start. And that is kind of where you consumed your right. video, right? And so yeah. with our video shows that were made by basically independent creators talking about Revision 3, they were kind of like a startup, um, cranky geeks and all that stuff. Because uh, yeah. you got the whole uh, This Week in Technology Network, yeah, huge, right? Huge. And then yeah. that starts to shift over to YouTube. Um, you don't really see podcasts go there early on. Video no. starts to really emerge. But putting your video in a podcast feed, and this is what I'm curious from you, and you can help us out if someone is considered considering doing that. One of the reasons, and so again, I checked out Apple today, and you can forget about discovery of video <laughs> podcast. It's not in there. They don't show you. I can't find where to find video podcasts. It's kind of a joke because um, I knew a few that are, and I went to their audio version, and it's not, it's not there. And I noticed a lot of even, I looked at a couple big shows that I know are big uh, video podcasts that are on YouTube, they're not there. I was checking my- yeah, Are you worried at all, Ray, that um, Apple will, will just get rid of that? Or do you think it's it, it's just being de-emphasized because there's not, they're, they're not seeing a lot of activity on that? Right I don't now. think that I'm concerned too much because I just don't think that any modern producer is doing it. Right. So right. I just feel like things have kind of, for this point in time, things have kind of settled to where, uh, you know, if you think podcast, you, you go to a podcast app platform in terms of producers who deliver to platforms, right? Your audio only, Apple's kind of always been the player, the main player in that game. You can look at the stats. Uh, Todd gives those stats sometimes. Yeah. Um, you guys on the new media show talk about that. And video has won out for YouTube. 
right? And that's why we're seeing podcasts on YouTube. That's why we see YouTube start to embrace the word podcast, not not completely the right. tech. And so I'm not too concerned because, again, I don't see producers going there. If you have a show that you want to put in RSS, put in the RSS feed and deliver that way, that's great for your audience who consumes it that way. But and you can pick up some extra subscribers or extra views, whatever. But um, it's it's not. I don't think it's concerning to me because it just it's really not. You know, Spotify does it too, but it doesn't exist. So it's too expensive. And so that was kind of what I was thinking is that like to to do that, host you have to host the video. Right. So you, right. you, I don't think a lot of people understand that, like, what does YouTube give you? People complain about YouTube all the time. It's free. They give it's you free, free. It's it's free bandwidth to deliver bandwidth. the content. Right. Right. So right. go ahead and try to be a video podcast producer and deliver it to an RSS feed. Where are you going to host it? That's going to cost a lot of money. Well, there's really only three places you can do it right now. And that's through um, the, the earliest podcast hosting platforms that ever existed because they existed back when video podcasting was more of a thing, right? And that's Lipson, uh, Blueberry, and Podbean. So those are the three that still support it. Uh, you can do a video podcast today, but it'll cost you between 50 and 100 bucks a month to actually do 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 a video podcast because you got to pay for the bandwidth i mean a typical uh like for this show like i just spent the last couple days uploading a bunch of uh over one hour video files that are in 1080p right and and those are like anywhere from two and a half to three gigabytes in size and you just think about how much bandwidth it takes to deliver a full episode of that it does take some bandwidth and but you know, a lot of what happened early on with video podcasting is that YouTube launched, right? And mm-hmm. like you say, people didn't want to have to pay for the bandwidth. So they they gave all their videos over to YouTube. And so that's why we saw the drop-off and the de-emphasizing of video podcasts uh, was because of YouTube. And it's, and it's really ironic that YouTube has finally woken up and says, you know, we're going to fully embrace, I mean... I used to work for Podcast One down in Los Angeles, and we used to work with YouTube a lot because we we had a lot of big celebrities and stuff. And YouTube has always had a YouTube team, uh, even going back to 2013, 2014. It's just that they never even thought of the idea that they would create a playlist called Podcast, because that's really what they've done here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, they did launch YouTube Music which is primarily a music consumption platform, but most of the content, even in YouTube music is primarily video. Um, But there's still audio in there and they are ingesting audio RSS feeds. And those are primarily going to be utilized in the YouTube music platform because they do want to push towards that. It is kind of a unique opportunity, Ray, and, and talk to this too about this, this opportunity that YouTube has to marry audio and video together in the discovery process. And not many of the platforms besides Apple has really done that on the podcasting side. And do you think there's any way that we can keep video podcasting alive? Or do you think ultimately Apple's going to wind up dropping it because it's not, it's not moving the needle for them? Well, I think that, you know, I think the the one big question and what people have always had, at least from you know the podcast production side, is would would YouTube start to like give you the ability to basically put your videos 
in an RSS feed, right? So and, and deliver it to YouTube, right? Free hosting. <laughs> well, I mean, free hosting for your, you know, your. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. so upload it to YouTube, and uh, YouTube would create an RSS feed. The thing. Well, a lot of people utilized. don't. A lot of people think, saying? oh, I can just host my video podcast on YouTube. They let me, you know, what I'm saying, so I can just grab the video file and put it as the link in the RSS feed for the enclosure. You can't do that, right? YouTube doesn't actually give you public access to that file, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. although I will say, I have a tip for you, uh, Rob, and as you're processing those videos, and for anyone who is trying to then host their videos, there's a couple other sites where you can host a video file and deliver it to a podcast feed mm -hmm. cheaper. Um, we used to talk about that back in the day. Uh, and I, I don't remember the names of a couple, you know, reach out if you're interested, I'll, I'll find the, the resources. But when you put a video on YouTube, go to your your creator studio, your back end, and download the MP4 that they actually deliver on YouTube. Right. I have I have never seen a compression algorithm <laughs> deliver such high quality and such low uh, file size. So if I was going to put in, I also probably wouldn't put in HD into maybe podcast, maybe 720, right? That's what I think YouTube's going to give That's, you. Yeah. But the file size, you're talking about gigabytes, they get it down to like, uh, like a two gigabyte could be like a 50 megabyte, 40 megabyte, ridiculous file size. And I don't see a lot of compromise on the quality. So if you're trying to do that, that is a tip that I would, it's one way to use YouTube. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think try, trying to get the file size down, and I, I, I'm sure the technology exists now to crunch those videos down. They still look good. One um, does it better on YouTube. So just yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, most people are going to consume that probably on their mobile devices anyway. So that screen is pretty good quality screen, but it doesn't have to be, you know, like 4K. And I do know that there's some effort, it, you know, abound here to upgrade everything that StreamYard is doing to 4K too. And I think mm. that there's been some hesitation on that because it's just, I don't know that it's necessary, but I guess as we move into this next phase, right, of, of, being able to utilize and consume this content on large screen televisions, which is how I'm consuming YouTube increasingly um, and, and not really consuming that much of it on my mobile phone. So you have this, and that's what's coming out in the research too, is it's coming out as people are, are, are kind of ambidextrous on their place and the form of the content. Right. And they're, they're saying in certain situations, I want to consume it on my mobile phone as an audio file in other situations, I want to be able to consume it on my, my television, in my living room. So it kind of gets back and that's what the research is starting to show now. And that's what's caused this kind of um, confusion in the market, right? Because the industry of podcasting wants to think of this medium as a audio only medium. And it's, it's been having that mentality for many years now. Um, so I think that's over. I really think it's over. I don't see any big show come out these days and not have a video component to it. And, and we can talk about more about how podcasters can do that. It sounds overwhelming, but even just as a marketing, um, for your audio, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just uh, the big podcast I see it is, I guess the other big thing to clear up is it's not required. Like, could you have a successful audio show that doesn't have a video component? Absolutely. Of course. Right? We can cite right. example after example, but people are going to, they're going to think they have to, right? Because they do see bigger shows doing TikTok or Instagram or even, you know, YouTube shorts or whatever. And that's just a component of, of marketing. Um, but, you know, on that lean back experience you're talking about on TV, um, you know, gosh, again, back to new media show and Todd is tracked set top boxes forever. And it's been this 
this tiny percentage, almost non-register, uh, registered percentage that shows people consuming at least podcasts on set-top boxes. But YouTube yeah. just announced maybe yesterday or the or two days ago that they're leaning in to uh, the experience on the TV. The YouTube, all I, I use an Apple TV, and, and people have Roku's and stuff like that. Yeah, I have a Roku. The, app, I've got the a apps couple, have I've got never like been three of them. Right. great. They've never been great, but YouTube is now leaning in and they've said they're going to do it so you can expect because why are they doing it they're seeing it like you you mentioned they're seeing people consume on tv and for me you know when we talk about a discussion about being a podcast that exists in video or has a youtube component to it that's really it's it's even less about like a conscious choice and it's more about for the viewer or the listener where they are in time when they consume mm-hmm. right so right. i have very specific moments when the audio goes in to an ear and that that's how I want it to be, right? I'm working in the yard, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I, I might get into bed and that's like, you know, the next half hour is YouTube time. So yep. I will, I, I looked at my podcast app today and I think of the f- maybe 13 podcasts that I actually listen to, so it's a podcast app, it's audio only, there's only one there where I will flip-flop depending on where I am. And if YouTube shows me, there's a new episode. That's a big if, but um, if they show me that, I'm more apt to watch some of it. And so that's another, yeah, another aspect to talk about that consumption retention rates, which YouTube cares a lot about. Podcast generally kicks YouTube's butt on that one. More people will listen to more of a podcast episode, and it has to do with that decision that you're talking about, that conscious decision of this is the uh, you know Monday at three o'clock is when I listen to this show. Um, it comes out then right. and I consume the whole hour. Right. So it's just so many elements to it that, um, to me, it's fascinating and, and playing in both is, is in some ways the same, but is definitely very different. Yeah. I would really hate to see the, the option of, of a true RSS based video podcast go away. Uh, I would sure. like to see that option remain and be embraced. There, there is quite a few apps now that still embrace video. It's just, it's not being actively featured. So it, it, in the early days of, of iTunes and Apple podcasts, they would have a separate tab that you could click at the top of the user experience that would actually basically enable you to flip between audio and video podcasts. So um, that was a very convenient way of surfacing that kind of content, but I don't know which upgrade that they, they moved to that um, kind of remove that ability. So I'm not even sure that you can even do a search query uh, Ray in there to like, I think like you said earlier that it's very difficult to find that. Now I do identify um, the the, on the cover art that this is a a video podcast. So what do yeah. you think about that? That's helpful. I mean, it's clearly the platform has to help you out. I mean, you have two issues, right? You have right. the platform supporting it, which support for that is going away. And I haven't even looked in Spotify, but we know the big example of shows that have gone over there exclusively that are video shows that were huge on YouTube that didn't exist on Spotify only. That has changed because they are seeing that like walling yeah. it off like that's not a good idea or doesn't work for the amount of money they're paying. But the platform has to support it. But beyond that, it's also, it's it, back to that hosting thing. Things have to change for producers. The majority of people who produce podcasts are not going to make money to pay for that podcast. And so, you know, if you can get past that hurdle of the extra work 
of, of putting a video, you know, if you're going to have video, it's great to have another distribution point. So yeah. podcast is a great way, but it's, it's prohibitively expensive for a producer to do that. So the platforms have to support it. And it's kind of like a chicken and egg thing, right? Because if the producers aren't putting there, putting it there, the platforms aren't going to support it. You know, an Apple podcast yeah. used to be a black background <laughs> if it was if it yeah. was a video podcast. And I didn't even see that today. I typed in video podcast. That was my search. I got no video. I got audio shows. There was a show oh. on Apple Podcasts called Five Minute Video. It was an mm-hmm. audio podcast <laughs> with no apparent video version. So yeah, I think the only way to discover it is that if you know that a particular show is a video podcast and you, you, and you type it in. So like the new media show, which is an audio and video podcast. And soon this show will be as well. You will be able to type into the Apple podcast search algorithm, the name of the show, and it will pull up both versions of the show, right? right? It'll pull up the video and I've identified not doing it well. I, it wasn't right. doing it no, well in my experience. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not it's not a featured area anymore, which is mm-hmm. what it used to be many years ago. Uh, it used to be its own little separate area, so you could throttle back and forth between video and audio podcasts. It's just not not in there anymore. But uh, Ray, I think we could talk about this topic for probably two hours because it has such a deep uh, history in the medium, but. I did want to jump in to talk a little bit in helping our audience a little bit to understand kind of your current thinking on production equipment and and what people are using to to do video nowadays with their podcast and also you know on the podcast side what what things are you finding as as really important for new creators as well as existing ones that want to maybe upgrade what they're doing how to how to really think about the the equipment market right now when it comes to podcasting. Right. So, I mean, there's just, there's a lot. I love gear and there's just, there's such a continuum of gear options and people get yeah. kind of stuck on the gear part. And so, yeah. you know, I used to always say on my podcast, like it just, you got to press record. That's the most <laughs> important part. And I, it right. sounds like a setup and then I was brought on as a shill, but StreamYard, I wasn't. <laughs> No, right. Uh, ha- not hashtag not sponsored. But um, StreamYard, uh, for me, is a place that I would start a lot of people on. So do you have a, a webcam and some good audio? Um, that's enough. Uh, you you want to put out, you put your best foot forward. You're going to put a lot of time into this. And so I think where quality really matters is people's first impression. And and we are, and I've always talked about how the way podcast, people don't know who's behind the show, how much money's behind the show you know, who the talent is. My podcast could be sitting right next to uh, Oprah's podcast, right? If it's good. And so one person might click on something that has a million dollar budget <laughs> and then they click on um, someone next to them who has a show that's in the similar niche, but has no budget. Um, and it will show up if you don't pay a little of attention to your production quality. So I, I think that's, it's important right. to pay attention. It's also important to not, get scared that, you know, I don't have the money, it, it costs too much. So again, a webcam. And so, you know, I've set up something here tonight. It's kind of ridiculous. I posted on my on my Instagram, which is also a podcast helper, kind of the setup I had for tonight. But we'll see. We'll see if I crash and burn here. But I'm going to try to switch things. So right now you are watching me on a setup that is uh, what I would say more top end. This is a a mirrorless camera, Sony mirrorless with a nice, uh, you know, nice lens on it, that large aperture, does all these things, right? 
So is that and this this camera here? Or? That's the camera we're seeing now, right? So the background's a little out of focus. Um, and so I'm going to switch here to, to my webcam because I use webcam all the time for uh, the roundtable, the, the show I did, um, the podcast that I did that's on video. And so if mm-hmm. I switch here to my webcam, <clears throat> we'll see, is different. You can see a difference. The contrast is obviously very different. Mm-hmm. Um, things get a little mushier, but if I showed up this way, because it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad. It looks great. It looks great. Actually, it's sharp and it's right. got good good color depth. Right. So yeah. we went from like, you know, a four thousand dollar option or something, whatever. <laughs> by the time you buy lenses and gear, to yeah. like a hundred dollar option, and it's mostly because of lighting. So this is what I mean by like caring a little bit and putting a little effort into it because you're going to spend so much time on this. You want mm-hmm. it to look. You know, you want it, all of it. Your audio to be good, and your video to look pretty good. So this, any camera, cameras need light. And so if you have a nice light, which again, yeah. can be also cheap, um, yeah. you, get a, you, get a good, you get a good quality, right? And so you can do it for 100, you can do it for 3,000, and it becomes sort of that law of diminishing returns, like how much different is it? Um, I switch back to my nice camera, which it renders me, you know, more detail on my face, more shallow depth of field. <laughs> I can come up here to it's the It's a little lens. darker though, I've noticed. It, uh, I mean, so yeah, so then you have you need more light for that higher end camera. Is that what you mean? Or no, I can switch the settings. So it's just the settings. So the the webcam actually was a little overexposed. So that's ah, why this it. one looks darker. So your your skin's kind of blown out. So understanding, and that's what I try to do on my channel: the basics of lighting, the basics of camera, the basics of audio. Because I do this stuff, but I'm not. You know, it's not. It's not like I do get paid to do it, but I I didn't train classically. In sort of uh, in sort of that kind of production. So I try to take hard concepts and bring them down to make them a little easier, but 100% for the person who's just getting into it, right? So right. webcam is totally fine. Um, you're hearing me through the SM7B, which is, again, expensive microphone, but it's not I really have necessary, right? not necessary at all. This is a, like a $100 USB microphone, and we talk about it on my show all the time, and we have used USB microphones for years. So again, you've got that $100 versus that, you know, 3X, 4X price um, because this comes with a lot of things. And so you'll Mm -hmm. see this all the time, especially with video. You see the SM7B. Half of the reason it's chosen is because the way it looks, I think. Um, That's what this one is too. I have a SM7B I'm using too. Yeah. Yeah. And so like all levels of production are available to anyone, right? And so the key is you probably have all of these things. Um, if not, you can buy a USB mic again, $60, um, USB microphone is, those are available. Um, Samson does a couple, ATR does a couple, Mm -hmm. uh, you have a camera built into your computer. And if you light that well, it generally will look pretty good. Right. And that's a great place to start. And then you can build up from there. Well, and also a great camera too is on your, on your iPhone. Or on your and yes, phone I too. actually did see the re, the episode you did with uh, Chris Perillo, and he yeah. used he uses his phone. So this is an option as well. Yep. I find doing things via phone. This is an insane camera, by the way. I know it's really good, and I pretty via Wi Fi connected this camera to my computer the other day. But I find this um, I don't like to operate that way personally. I like buttons and dials. Um, yeah. It needs to be a phone while I'm doing other things, and so. But you do have like practically a mirrorless camera in your pocket, 
right? So whether yeah. it's Android or whatever type of phone you have, most of them can plug in and be used via probably some app that's going to let you use it as a camera. So there really is no excuse to not get started. And then, right. you know, my Twitter handle is podcast helper. So literally two things I always tell people, ask me before you buy gear, because we really, you really need to know what you're trying to do, what your needs are, because most times people just buy what other people's stuff they see, and it's too much. They don't need that much. You don't need a four-channel mixer when you're a one-person podcast, right, necessarily. So ask me, and then if you're confused about something, again, ask me. Um, And that's, you know, generally what I'm trying to do is help people go from, you know, where I started was I have, I still have my original microphones here, you know, $100 mic, very cheap. Yeah, I have them all here, too. I've got a bunch mm-hmm. of them behind me, too. I think I mentioned I've got a shotgun up there on my, my shelf there, and I've got a MV7 behind me there. You can kind of see it right back there. But And then a bunch of those ATRs, like you had mentioned, and yep. um, Q2Us. And <laughs> so I'm going to switch my microphone, actually. It, right. So so, yeah, another so you element, go, too, yeah. and what I'm saying about like people, at, what, what your needs are, a lot of people, we're podcasters. So having a microphone in the shot is kind of natural. In fact, maybe important um, just because it, yeah. it denotes podcasting. I will tell you that I've noticed some of the biggest YouTubers who have podcasts, I've noticed what, or, and I've heard them say, uh, like Colin and Samir, if you follow them, they're about creator economy, they're about creators. And I think that if you look at their thumbnails, and if you're on YouTube, you know thumbnails are kind of everything. It's really important, mm-hmm. right? And we mm-hmm. talked about show album artwork and having the word video on there, that's important because people know. I saw an advertiser uh, at the bottom of, of podcast artwork today, and I now know just from the artwork that they are the advertiser of that show. I thought, and I've seen it before, it looks kind of cheap, but if they're paying you, um, it's something we could talk about, but it was interesting to me and it worked. But thumbnails are huge. It is the people's first reason they might click. And mm-hmm. so like Colin Samir, they'll put the person because they, they have a sit down. They have what we have, except it's in studio right. and they have people talking to other people. It's talking head, right? This is always kind of a thing we've talked about with podcast on video, like who wants to watch just talking head? It's less compelling, right? And that's part of the visuals. We try to make it more compelling. You're yeah. switching the camera. We have like LED lights. You don't have to have colored LEDs to be a YouTuber, by the way, but um, you have things in your background and so we're bringing in comments. So all of these elements yeah. make Talking Head more interesting. But on their album artwork, you will see, and it's very deliberate, that there is a microphone um, in front of the person. And this is right. to, to let people know. Because it's a big deal when you click a, when you click a thumbnail. If you don't it get what you're expecting to get from the thumbnail, boom, people are gone. Retention drops. YouTube doesn't yeah. show your video. Right? So they found that like, oh, hey, when we do these interviews... A, pot, a microphone denotes the fact you can kind of expect that you're going to get a conversation, a podcast. Yeah, right. right, right. And I think that's what people are seeing on YouTube when they think that a show on YouTube is a podcast is that if, if that show is being done like we are with two microphones, it must be a podcast. Because, But there's also a lot of shows on YouTube that are wearing lavaliers or they're, they're, they're doing shotgun mics or they have mics that are just above their head or something like that that you can't see in the shot. Um, I just switched my microphone. It's actually I don't I don't know if it sounds different to you, but there's a shot. It does a little bit. It does it should a little I, bit. All right. It's, yeah, it's kind of out of it, the shot. Let me see if I can. Yeah, and that's what's dangerous about 
switching microphones in the middle okay. of a program too, is that there will be slight changes because people get used to the sound that they hear and right. they just accept it. But if they hear a difference, then it's, it can be a little jarring. Right? Yeah. I have a lav mic here too, because I, I, I plugged in all these different options just to show people that like, to, to let you know the difference, right? So the shotgun yeah. is like in a situation where you don't want to see the microphone in the picture, right? You might not be doing a podcast and you don't want that to, to be like a main element in your shot. And then there's lav mic. So you're hearing me on the shotgun, uh, essentially. So you can make that. That sounds great, right? Um, right. And it's all about like kind of the environment that you're in and the setup. But that's another option. Whereas, yeah. you know, the microphone goes away and you're still hearing the same audio. Now there's no microphone. And so it's a different feeling. And if I put on a lav, which I I could turn, I won't turn it on. But right. unless the comments say turn it on, they want to hear it. <laughs> there is a difference in quality. Um, but I can move around anywhere I want. So if I'm standing up, if I'm doing like cooking show, um, if I'm an exercise YouTuber, podcaster, that might be important to you, right? But the SM7B is my daily driver. Getting it close is one of the benefits of a dynamic microphone. Yeah. And you can hear that probably changed right there when I switch back to this microphone. Um, so yeah. there are different reasons to use different microphones. Yeah. But again, don't get overwhelmed by that because you could literally buy a $50, $60 USB microphone. Yeah, it's not The fine. main thing is proximity to your mouth, right? A cheap microphone can be made to sound really good if it's close to your mouth. The biggest problem people make is they will use some their phone and the phone is over here. And now, right. now it sounds like garbage, but it has to do with distance, but even more has to do with your environment. So the, the place you are recording in makes mm -hmm. a bigger impact on your audio quality than the mic almost ever will, honestly. So that's a, those are important elements. Yeah, I like this this question. Um, how do you feel about interacting with viewers, like in this program? Do you think it it ruins like maybe a discussion thread that's going on? And this is an ongoing kind of thing to think about with live. Is that is that you can create a discussion that's very focused on topics and things like that. Um, but I've, I found that, you know, if you can thread into the conversation, like we are right now, uh, a topic that's raised by the audience, I think it's a compelling thing to do, but it can also, at the same time, it can be a little disruptive from the flow of conversation too. So there is a kind of a line to walk on this, um, that it can be sometimes challenging, because the audience sometimes is thinking about things differently than we are in our discussion. And so that's the balance that, you know, I try and strike with this show just to, you know, if you want to do a live show, you're going to be faced with, uh, likely faced with these challenges too, of how do you balance the topics and the flow of the conversation with a guest at the same time, taking in audience questions, oftentimes the audience questions will ride right along with the conversation, but sometimes they come in at a different time in the, the flow. Like this show gets a lot of comments. It gets a lot of questions and it's difficult for me to, to really address everything that's said, but I think it's an important thing for you to think about in, in your versatility of being a live producer to understand your limitations as a host, as well as hopefully the audience will uh, uh, understand that what I'm looking for generally is questions that are contextual to the conversation, but realize that that may not align at all times. Ray, do you, do you have any opinions on this? 
So many. <laughs> so many. I know we could do a whole show just on I, a this. A whole show on this. Yeah. The first thing I would say is I don't know that I recommend going live in the beginning. Like, it's funny yeah. because it's my first my first audio-only podcast was a live show. Well, guess what? No one knows who I am. I didn't have a previous podcast. I had no audience, and I wanted questions from the audience. Guess what I didn't get? Any questions from the audience. So, you know... It can be really challenging. And then it's just another element to think about. Like you're switching cameras, you're looking at questions. And so this also is a kind of a classic question when you give a talk at a conference. Do I take questions during the conference, during the speech or after? And I love doing after, but that's something you've decided ahead of time. So there are a lot of shows, you know, this one is sort of integrating the audience, which is if you can do that, it's fantastic. We've talked about that on podcasts all the time. People send in feedback, which is very hard to get, but when they send it in, integrating that even in post-production afterwards, um, mm-hmm. stuff that has come in via email and, and social over the over the you know the weeks since you um, while you're producing your podcast, bring those in, include the audience. So you can do it. You don't have doesn't even have to be live, um, but it really depends on the type of show you have. Like if you're a storytelling podcast, mm-hmm. you probably don't do live doesn't mean you don't have a live component to your show where on, you know, on Tuesdays at seven, we go and we touch out with the audience, right? So it really, this is something you decide when you're thinking about your format, or it's something you just try, right? So, um, you know, nothing's going to happen if you try and it doesn't work out. So StreamYard's great because I produce a lot of shows um, at work where I'm the producer. So I handle so it's nice if you can if you can find this on your show. It can be someone in your audience. It can be a family member, a friend. If you can find someone to handle um, that juggling during the production and you don't have to, that's really nice. So I'm a producer. I sit behind the scenes and do all the camera switching, bring in the lower thirds. But we use the record feature, right? You don't have to go live on StreamYard. You can just record it, um, and then and then you post it. In our case, to YouTube later, we post it to the podcast feed later. Yeah. So, so many different ways. And so I love bringing in the audience if the show is that type of show, right? And so I think yeah. what you have to be careful of, and it, so this drives me crazy. So live stream, a lot of times, and this is the problem with uh, Twitter spaces. It's five, 10 minutes before they kick off the show. It's just dead air, or they're just waiting right. for people to come in. A live stream often is like, we're going to wait five minutes, let people filter in. And you know, as a as a podcast producer, like, would you ever, ever put a show like that in your podcast feed? You wouldn't. You'd chop that off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that can be the same thing with questions. If you let it distract you and completely derail the conversation, right. that might be an issue. Depends. It depends all on the topic of what you're doing and what your audience really like. So having that conversation with your audience is important, whether you just ask for feedback. Do you like when live questions come in? In some cases, the show is going to be like, you know, I just want the how-to, just give me that, and then you can do live streams later. Or a lot of people, yeah, bring the questions in. And then as a as a host, you have to learn how to bring it in, ask it, not get derailed, unless that's what the podcast is. If it's If the fun <laughs> is getting derailed, cool, that's part of it too. Yeah, because about, oh, I think it was about a month ago, I did an episode that was just uh, audience Q&A was the whole show. So I didn't, I had a guest, but my guest, my guest was from the audience. 
Yeah. So, so it was one of those things that I had a, a guest on, on the show that was very, very frequent in questions and comments in the, in the discussion thread. And they actually weren't a podcaster yet, but you know, they had a lot of interest and wanted to get started. And so I, I invited her to come on and, and talk about it with the audience. It, it turned out to be a pretty popular episode. People, you know, I think appreciated the fact that, you know, it wasn't just, you know, somebody that was a, you know, a highfalutin producer or something yeah. like that. You know, it was like, like, you know, from the community and I'm, I'm going to do that on a fairly regular basis, but I also want to bring in, you know, like Ray here, who's got extensive experience that can really share some, some insights into how to, how to do this, especially on the, on the video side. I'm, I'm still a relative newbie on the video side. I got really all into video really because of COVID because I was working from home (laughs) and I couldn't, I couldn't go. I got to tell you that while COVID sucked, if you're looking for silver linings as a producer at work, when I get people on camera these days, yeah. so much less coaching. More people, because we lived on Zoom for a year, almost two years, more people understand lighting, they understand audio, they understand composition, mm-hmm. and it's made my job a lot better, <laughs> I'll tell you that. It was really entertaining to see all those major uh, mainstream media broadcasters trying to do their... From their, home. Their online shows from The you know, setups from home. Were, Right. Fantastic. Like I enjoyed everybody it. Everybody came, became a podcaster at that point. And yeah, except they had, you know, million dollar crews. Well, that's gear. true. But some <laughs> of them still really sucked at it though. I mean, I have Which to say. Which was even was, more amazing. Well, it more was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I was totally laughing, but then I, I, I also said I needed to upgrade my system too. Like I went out and got some, some panel lights and that are sitting up. I was going to show you some pictures and I'll, I'll plan on doing that. My next episode with you is kind of show you my setup here and what, you know, what I have, I've got teleprompter, I've got panel lights that I can change the temperature of the lights. Um, but they're small, not very expensive. Um, I mean, get all three of these panel lights I got for like a hundred bucks or something off of Amazon. I don't know. Uh, what kind of lights do you use Ray? Um, what's their, what's their form factor? <laughs> These, I, that's it. Huh? I switched the camera. It's the exposure doesn't like it because I'm pointing right at the light. Right. But that's a basic little panel from Elgato. Elgato makes a lot of cool streaming gear. And that's a, what you would call a key light, but it's just a big soft box. And that's from, uh, that's from Aperture. I got too much gear here. So again, check out my Instagram where I actually show this, this stuff. Um, and then, you know, we've got the road for, for the audio and that's, I've got the same, it. I've yeah. got the same here too. Right, but I can't pull this cable out enough to give you a wide shot. The exposure doesn't like the camera doesn't like being pointed right into light. Go for right, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, those are you know, it's that is basic uh, three point lighting, right? And that is one light to your left, one light to your right. Um, but you could do it with one light. Um, I can turn off one of these. The, the whole idea is to put light on your face so that we improperly expose it so that the audience can see. They can see your face. That's it. And, you know, it's as simple as sitting in front of a window um, at home. Obviously, this is daytime. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that has its own issues because the sun is going to change. Clouds are going to go by. But generally on Zoom calls, a lot of times for work, it's like tell people to sit facing a window. If the window is behind you, you're right. going to be a silhouette. And yeah, you're not going to get seen. Yeah. So it's right. very basic things like that, that, you know, the beauty of it is that they're timeless 
the audio that we use, this microphone is like from the 50s. <laughs> like it is still like a gold standard. Things haven't changed. Good audio yeah, had doesn't this, really change. Yeah, I've had my my SM7B since uh, I think I bought it in 2008 or 2009. Yeah. So. These are things you put in your will. Like with, right. that These is are, one of the things about buying yeah. a good microphone is that you probably buy it once. Yeah, and I think back then, I think I, I think I only paid like two hundred and fifty dollars for this thing, but now they're they're like three hundred and eighty-five or something like yeah. that now. They're three ninety-nine, but then it yeah. went up. The SM7B actually just got an upgrade, which doesn't happen very often. Then they have the seven, the uh, SM7DB. So if you know anything about this microphone, it's tremendously oh, right. um, gain hungry. It's not sensitive oh, yeah. at all. And so I bet Rob, you have that plugged into like a cloud lifter. I do have a cloud lifter, yes. <laughs> right. Yes, so I had to do that. People I don't realize they buy right. this, it's $400. They got to spend $100 on a preamp. Cloud lifter. And right. then a, an audio interface. But basically, sure said, oh, we get it. We've seen you guys doing that for so long. We're going to put the cloud lifter, it's not a cloud lifter, inside. So the seven, but you're going to pay for it, right? It's going to cost more money. So yep. it's ironic that the more you spend, oftentimes the more complex the setup gets, um, or there's more to spend money on. So yeah, I would say that the upgrade to the roadcaster, uh, line of products, um, though is amazing. I mean, I've got the first pro, uh, road roadcaster pro, uh, and I don't see any compelling reason to upgrade to the new ones. Um, for a, a lot of reasons, it's really gets back to just the complexity of the new ones. Um, is it, these things are not easy to get set up properly because there's so many settings in them. There's a lot of built-in software in these. Yeah, yeah. mixers. Yeah, a lot of built-in. It, there's a lot of features, but it, then you just up the the uh, the complexity. And to be honest with you, you up the chance of something going wrong <laughs> in your recording. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of a lot of uh, YouTubers pre-record directly into their um, their cameras, right? So they yeah. they'll actually record at really high quality video into their cameras, and they won't even probably use a computer until they get into post-production. So do you advise that as well? I mean, it's, it is, it is what's easiest for, for you, because again, the hardest part of all of this is getting started and keeping going. Right. And so right. my YouTube channel is all shot. Like it's all uh, pre, I don't, it's all shot before you see it. Right. It's not live. So yeah, yeah. my podcast on YouTube are live. Or recorded. Yeah, do you record into your computer uh, through an HDMI output, or are you no. recording onto an SD card? No, you're a, seeing me via HDMI, and I could record that way. But typically, I'm going to go around and shoot B-roll. I'm going to switch my angle, right. so that's all done on tripod. It doesn't involve a computer at all. In fact, most of my years producing a podcast don't involve a computer. Um, it's recording into. Got it an audio recorder, and then going to a computer for post-production. So a right. lot of the production I've done for the last 15 years has been off of the computer, and the computer is just another potential fail point. Yeah. Um, but I'm finding, and, I, and kind of rolling back something we talked about earlier, that someone getting started, and if you're talking about a podcast and video, like I would put them on StreamYard. The reason that the Podcasters Roundtable, the sole reason it is a video uh, podcast essentially, which is a video on YouTube, um, is because Google came out with Google Hangouts on Air, and it was mm -hmm. basically StreamYard before StreamYard. Right. And because they're Google, they killed it. But that went for of like course. seven years or something. 
Yeah. And um, because that was how we connected. Like a lot of podcasts are going to be having a conversation either with a co-host or a guest remotely. And so yeah. you are going to probably use one of these apps to do that recording. And so if you're in StreamYard and you're connecting with your remote guest, um, why not? You, you're making a video at the same time. So why wouldn't you publish that video, right? Um, there could be reasons you might not want to, because it is great to talk and see someone. But right. for the new person, it allows you to do two things at once. You record your podcast, mm -hmm. high quality, because StreamYard now has ability, which is, that's what, that's where the real boon came for me in using online software is when they remove the internet, essentially. You're recording, if you do multi-channel, um, separated audio, you, you can record in the browser. So the internet, you'll see internet dropouts all the time. Right. It's not an issue anymore. Um, right. Because right. you'll record in the browser and then upload. So as a podcast producer who wants multi-channel, I want to be able to process all of those channels separately. Yeah, it's called local do, recording, okay. right. Yeah, do That's the local recording. Then you'll have the high quality file for for the post for post-production if you want it but you'll have a mixed video that's ready to go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. You can send it direct from StreamYard. So, I mean, Google Hangouts enabled that show. I, they announced that they were going to launch this tech. And I said, I've got a show for that. I want to talk to my friends. And in fact, you talked about the community. The whole show, the, the podcast roundtable was about the communities. If you listened to the show, if you were a listener, that's how you got on the show. Because people would come on, and I would bring a new person from the community on every show. So we'd have that we have me, Dave Jackson, Daniel J. Lewis, and maybe mm -hmm. yourself. So you'd have all this experience, and then we definitely brought on as many people as possible every round, yeah. who maybe have uh, you want to mix that with people who have no experience, or maybe they have a year experience, but they have as a podcast producer, they hundred percent have something to share and and teach you. So that was really the fun of that show. But because they enabled the ability to meet like this online and record, mm -hmm. it was a video show. And so when Hangouts went away, like right at the same time, StreamYard comes out. And <laughs> um, and I, I, I went and looked up my show. The Roundtable, Podcast Roundtable started in July of 2012. And we, we switched to StreamYard on October 19th, uh, round 133. So episode 133. Uh, and there was a like a three-month gap in there when Hangouts went away and Stream and I found StreamYard. So StreamYard enabled that show to keep going, uh, at least at the easy way we were doing it then, right? You have Zoom come along. They're doing that as well. I, I People might ask, can I use Zoom? You 100% can. I don't like it as much as a producer because it can be uh, just a little more clunky to use. Uh, mm -hmm. But is it possible? 100% it's possible. But yeah. Now that these apps exist, I would tell a new podcaster, record there, even, you know, if it's by yourself, you can record your video and then post that to YouTube and then take the audio and post it to a, an RSS feed. Um, and then you're just distributing to different platforms, which I think is really important uh, these days. People always want to know, how do I grow my show? How do I market? How do I get new listeners, new followers? I saw a really interesting thing today where a woman who was doing her podcast, I was on Instagram, she basically put her phone up um, while she was recording into like an MV7, so basically an SM7B, mm -hmm. and vertical. And and she recorded the whole thing. It was about a 30-minute, and I think you can record video on, you can put up to an hour on Instagram as a video, then they turn it into a reel. It gets weird. Mm -hmm. But I 100% 
discovered and watched some of it. It was all about discovery. Would have never, ever come across this show. Um, but she was doing basically, uh, which I'd never seen someone, it was just today too. I'd never seen someone put like 60 minutes of video into Instagram. It was her entire podcast episode. Well, that's the, that's the upcoming new live platform is Instagram. And yeah. so it's, it's a little kludgy to work with right now. I, yep. I'm not utilizing it for this show just for kind of technical limitations with my access to, to in, the StreamYard Instagram account, but it's, it, it is a little kludgy still, but I do know that the StreamYard team is working on trying to work with Instagram to make this process a lot more like what you know, YouTube does, right? Or, or Facebook or, or X or any of these platforms to make it a lot easier to, to do this. Cause we're live on all those other platforms, right? Right now, all the ones that are easy to use. <laughs> yeah. Cause Instagram and is not. I, and I don't, again, I don't even encourage like live is not, if, if live is almost feels like almost bonus content to me because you're going to, you're going to pick up a lot, a much smaller percentage of your audience. It is, you know, if you do live at a regular time, this show is probably is regular, same, same it is. day of the it's week, the same, same time. So exactly. people can count on it the way they hopefully can count on your podcast. But right. um, I, I don't urge new producers to get into live. If you're currently doing some type of, of production and you find that you have the extra bandwidth, and that's usually what I say when, when audio podcasters, people come to me and I've done you know, I've, I've coached people in the past and it's like, they want to start, you know, a four person podcast that live streams to video and goes to Apple. And I'm like, slow down, <laughs> like right. do one thing really well. That's well, usually then, the audio podcast. Then kind but, of move up. Yeah. Right. Move up. If you find that, oh, I have the extra space in my life to do this extra work, then move up. But, you know, live is just, it's a step beyond that. Um, now, if you are just, if you have a show that you can record live like this. Um, you're already getting the video. Um, you're going to have to process for podcasts later. So that's, you know, that's an extra step, but we are, we are, you know, killing a lot of birds with one stone and I didn't say ducks. So puddles is okay. <laughs> <laughs> puddles um, is safe. Is that what you're puddles, saying? Puddles is safe. I'm not a duck hunter. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so these days, and we haven't even talked about AI, AI is helping a lot for, I think, podcast yeah. and video producers do more with less or, right. or not adding much more to your workflow. So once you've learned it, once you know how to use it, and I think I, there's not much you have to learn these days. You know, I, people yeah. always, I, I hear all this conversation about, oh no, AI is going to either take the job or, and, and in some case it will. But when it comes to like, as when it comes to creators, it's obvious, it's more, usually about extending how much you can do. Um, and it really is helpful. But people worry about like, oh, I got to go learn AI. And I'm not talking about like prompt engineering here where you have to know how to finagle the things. I've always told people, you don't have to worry about AI. AI is going to come to you. So if you use Photoshop, you're just going to press a button. I mean, this is already in apps. On Instagram, you're like, remove the background. Background gone. That used to be a very hard thing to do. AI is making that like perfect, seamless. Um, I can take literally when you post this to YouTube, I can take the YouTube URL. There are more like three different apps that I can drop the URL in. It's going to spit out 15 different social clips of the most compelling parts of our conversation. It's mm -hmm. going to add, it's going to add text over it. The thing you all have seen on social, 
where you, it figures, you know, if a producer was doing that, it would take them hours just to select the clips alone. So I didn't have to know anything. It's cut and paste. I mean, and we're seeing the, the, the pace of AI is insane. Every day, yeah. I, every day I turn on the computer, it can do a new thing. So don't worry about how much you have to know. It, it's, it's becoming cut and paste. So I've been seeing quite a few comments in the comment thread about um, cameras. And I know that we covered that kind of earlier in the stream. And I don't know if we want to maybe talk about that a little bit, uh, Ray, is, is kind of re recover that. So there's, there's um, mirrorless cameras and then there's webcams. Um, which ones, which models are you recommending as kind of high value ones right now for beginners and advanced folks? I mean, the, the mirrorless cameras can be, kind of expensive, but they don't necessarily have to be that expensive, no, do they? They don't have to be. So you can get into like basically mirrorless and DSLR interchangeable, mm -hmm. right? When people say DSLR, they right. oftentimes mean mirrorless. Doesn't doesn't matter. Canon, Sony, Panasonic um, all have great options. And now it's getting, becoming much easier. These, these manufacturers are starting to turn some of these cameras into essentially webcams. So I know on some of the later Sony mirrorless models, I'm in the Sony ecosystem, but I started in Canon and I switched for various reasons. They're both fantastic. Um, a lot of these now can plug into USB. They have USB on the camera, can plug into your, into your computer and, and boom, you have a webcam that is like, a, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollar webcam. And, you know, you can get some features for that, but you can have just a USB webcam. So like the one I showed earlier is like an Elgato face cam. It yeah. looked really well, right? I used the C920 from Logitech for years. I saw right. someone mention the Brio. Um, look for a webcam that's like 1080 or better. Um, there's plenty of, there's no shortage of channels <laughs> that review this stuff. Just type in webcams right. for live stream, whatever it is, you'll see a review. I follow a YouTuber. He's all about live. I think his name's Harris Heller. He reviews every webcam that comes out and he's very much into the mirrorless and he, he's looking for, he, he really does a great job of like caring about the quality of these things. So, you know, there's just endless people. And so like webcam, again, can be a hundred bucks. Um, the whole Sony system, uh, you know, you can add your own, when you get into DSLRs and mirrorless, you know, you then you Yeah, that's what this is right on the screen here. This is uh, the Sony Alpha A6500. Uh, right. That's like a 2016 model. I'm using it now. It's 4K and I'm live streaming. And so a lot of people then there, I think I saw the question, um, you know, how this camera's older. It doesn't do USB direct to, I, I think there's some software that might do it. A lot of times that gets weird and finicky. And in these things, again, some of the times the barrier is how do I do it? The software is glitchy, whatever, right? Won't show up in, in my system, whatever. So you want to it make also that depends easy. on the lens that you get too. So you still, I mean, this is just the actual camera case itself. Uh, yeah. you, you, you have to get one of these camera, right. one of these lenses that gives you the option to zoom or, or just be uh, on more of a wider angle view. And that's what this one would be. Right. Yeah. And when you get into that world and that's the thing to understand is like, Oh, I've saved up you know, $1,500 for this camera and you don't realize, well, you still need a lens. And then if you get in the computer, sometimes you need a capture card, which is takes the HDMI, turns it into USB essentially. Right. So a lot of times, you know, the better option for someone, especially in like a talking head podcast that goes to video, a webcam mm -hmm. is a fantastic option. 
Um, I just recently, I mean, if we want to talk about like, again, podcast on YouTube versus, versus just podcast, mm-hmm. um, discovery, that whole thing, the, uh, the Kelsey brothers, these are football players, uh, that you may have heard of or may not, but they're, they're famous football players. And I see them on like YouTube shorts all the time. Didn't know they had a podcast. Turns out they have like 2.6 million subs or something. I will probably never go and listen to the audio podcast. But I watched one of the shorts um, because, you know, again, we talk about like how people are viewing and then like when and where they want to view. Mm-hmm. So there's like a, usually a time in the day where I'm going to be in YouTube and I'm just going to scroll shorts for a little while. And so in that case, a lot of times I scroll podcasts and it becomes, gives me this awareness. And again, what's the upside? You know, you, Ray, you just said you're probably never going to listen to audio podcast, but you can bet I'm probably going to w- keep watching a lot of the shorts because I have. So, you know, yeah. that all depends on your CTA and your revenue model and what you're trying to do with your podcast. But I now know that there's a show like it is in that case, it was a discovery mechanism, right? So being on shorts. And again, I mentioned right. you could drop an AI it can give you the shorts and you can move on with your life and just have your audio podcast or your or the podcast that's on YouTube. You don't even have to work that hard to get those these days. Um, so yeah, there's just so many things to talk about. Oh yeah, um, there is. Distribution, you know, an hour and, and marketing and growing your show. Yeah, exactly. An hour and 10 minutes is nowhere near enough time to 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 really cover all these topics. But, but um, we do the best we can with the time we have and, and I do have a giveaway that I want to do. So, you know, there's the opportunity to win a puddles and and a hoodie sweatshirt. Um Do I qualify and, for puddles? I uh, get in this. Yeah. I get in this, Rob. Go ahead and in the comment field for if you happen to have Facebook up or or any of the social platforms that are streaming this live, go go ahead and type in hashtag the yard. Just oh, like that's uh, that. yeah. That that's what this is here. So it's the same. Oops, wrong one. I clicked on the wrong one just as a new one came in. Oh, yeah, here it is. So this is the the format. Um, so just enter that. And what, what StreamYard does is they pick that up from the, the social commenting. It's the same process that I'm bringing in comments and displaying them on the screen. So the software captures that. And at the end of the show, there's a little giveaway tool that uh, I think we're up to 41 entries now. Nice in in the giveaway. I did not enter. Don't worry. I don't. Uh, you, well, you could. I'll you enter. Could, I'll I'll come back. You qualify as a, as a viewer next time. And <laughs> okay. if you're going to be doing that. It sounds like it's something you regularly do. So I'm, I'm going to. Oh, it is. It's in every every episode. So can I buy the duck, or can you only win it? Uh, Streamyard does have a uh, merch uh, marketplace. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, and then, um, though the person that will win the drawing, please send me an email to this address. I, you, you can also use Rob, just Rob Greenlee at gmail.com too, but rob.greenlee at gmail.com is the best way to send me an email with your mailing address. So I can email you um, back as well as submit your address to the StreamYard team to get you your, uh, your merchandise mailed out to you. And also, since I'm giving away a sweatshirt, uh, I need to know your your shirt size, so or your sweatshirt size, whichever it might be. So we send you the right size uh, for you. So, so let's go ahead and pull up the the drawing. I think we're at like uh, hour fifteen, which is usually my 
my cutoff time on the uh, show duration. Um, but but I really appreciate you tuning in and being here with me for a whole hour and in spending time with with Ray. He's a he's a terrific guy and he's been um, a friend of mine for a long time. And I know he really appreciates you know everybody that's here. I'm I, you know Ray. Go ahead and and say your piece and also say how people can find you. Yeah, totally. No, I love the chat. And as a producer, I'm always kind of got one eye and I try to try to give shout outs on there. But uh, it's different being a guest, you know, you're kind of focused here. But as right. a producer, I'm usually in the in the comments, bringing those in. And so thanks, everyone for for tuning in. You know, it's kind of funny, because it's one of my uh, sort of pet peeves about podcasts is when a podcast, so not a live stream, when a podcast right. says, well, we're about out of time, yeah, out of out of whose time? Is the, in most cases, there's not a producer. It's not radio, right? You don't have to cut to commercial or there's, and, and so like a conversation could be really well and people get stuck in this like 60 minute platform thing. But on yep. live, we've asked people to show up. You've all shown up. So we do want to let you go. So, but I appreciate it. Thanks. RayOrtega.com has pretty much everywhere you can jump off to, to find me from there. So thanks again, Rob. This has been a blast. I want that duck. Yeah. Well, I, I feel lucky that I, a while back. Um, but let, let's go ahead and pull the the drawing string and see who's gonna gonna win the merch. So let's do it. Like make it go a while. I Here like it comes. That. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Get excited. Oh, good. I want Woo! you. To I don't know that I can say that. Was it uh, Yoxki D La? Yeah. D- so De La X. Dale X, you're uh, you're the winner of the uh, Streamyard duck and uh, and sweatshirt. So please send me an email uh, with your mailing address uh, and uh, your your sweatshirt size, and I'd be happy to share that with the team and get that merch mailed out to you. So oh, you get thank both, you. right? Thank wow, you I so much. One person got one. That's cool. Right. Thank you so much for being here with me tonight and. Um, and let me uh, see if I want to throw up a couple of other comments or questions. I want to make sure I, I kind of uh, cover any great questions that came in uh, just towards the end here. You know, I've been trying to click on things. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not the producer. I can't. I don't add. That. <laughs> <laughs> Always comes in a lot towards the end of the show. And like, like I said, oh, yeah. And uh, Ray says. Puddles has a new home. Yes, he does have a new home. I, actually, if you ever go to a podcast conference, like uh, Podcast Movement or Podfest, or whatever, StreamYard usually has a booth there, and they they'll give out puddles um, all nice. the time from the booth. So if you I've been to by, one or two of those, so yes, if you come by the booth and you're a StreamYard user, you'll probably wind up with uh, puddles going home with you. So, so uh, let's see here. I don't think there's. There's a few comments coming in, but I think it, it, everybody wants to kind of move on with their evening. And But I do appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next Thursday at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. And I, I will have another terrific uh, guest for you on the program. I believe I have, I think about it, I think I have James Cridlin from Pod News is going to join me in the next episode. So if you're... If you're a subscriber to podnews.net, uh, it's going to be a, be a special guest. He's going to call in from Australia. 
Brisbane, Australia to join me. So yeah, if you just want to get especially nerdy, James, he he does. James is especially nerdy. Yes, and in the best way possible, he's going to give you some detailed information. Oh, hundred percent. So oh yeah, and he'll challenge any assumptions that are out there. So if I say something wrong, he he will definitely call me on it. (laughs) He will. That's the that's the that's his value add. Is right. uh, It is push back. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining me. I appreciate you being here with me. And I know this has been a long goodbye, but it's always a hard, long goodbye. And if you won the giveaway, that's my email address. So let me know. So anyway, uh, I'm going to drop this out. And here's Ray's website address. Go visit his, his website and check out his YouTube channel. So thanks so much. Good night. Wave goodbye.